Hello guys, it is KD and this is KD Read With Me. We last left off on the chapter Gentling the Horse. We are on page 235 in the hardcover book. We will begin reading after this message. And we are back. In this chapter, Ames, our main character, her boyfriend, is going to show his worser side. I'm not sure of the correct grammar that I should be using, but he's going to get even worse in his attitude um, as well as her parents' attitude toward her. Everything will kind of just fall apart. Um, this is basically the real meat of action that is about to happen. So, um, we're actually going to be reading two episodes today. That way we should get up to about, I think, 30 minutes. Um, these are pretty short chapters. Okay, let's begin. Gentling the Horse. It wasn't perfect. It started out all dreamy and moody and sweet, but then it was evasive or invasive. I-N-V-A-S-I-V-E. Invasive, I think. I pulled back, but Mark held me down and whispered that it would be fine. That it would be fine, sorry. It wasn't. It hurt. Pushing, jabbing, shoving. I gripped my teeth and turned my head away, but Mark didn't seem to notice. His eyes were closed tight. I didn't think it mattered who was there, as long as there was someone. But when it was over, he was all Mark again, kind and smiling. I know, I know, sweetheart, it hurt, and you hated it. It's always like that the first time. It's just something you have to get over with. It's so unfair that it's like that for girls. He curled me into him and smoothed my hair, covered my face with soft kisses. The next time will be so much easier, so sweet. You'll see. So, that's statutory rape. And... In certain parts of the U.S., it would be, well, she's old enough, she's 16, but she's not yet, she's actually 15, <laughs> so she's not actually 16 yet, but even 15 is legal in some areas. Obviously, he did not listen to her body. It should only hurt for a few seconds. There should only be pain for a few seconds. And then there should be nothing but bliss. But if you have someone who does not know what they're doing, it's going to hurt. 
Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. He's selfish. Even if it were um, stated in court that it was consensual, which it was to a certain degree, he still raped her. By law, he raped her. By code and ethics, by societal um, standards. He's just terrible in bed. He's not good at all. But this is actually rape. Let's continue. I got back home at five and crawled into bed. I still hurt a little. The sex itself was kind of awful, but the after was wonderful. When another person looks at you, like there's nothing before you and nothing beyond, that's what made it worth it to me. So she did not listen to N's advice. She ended up having sex with him. Um, we don't know what happened really um, beforehand, but she got coaxed into it and she agreed because... She probably just wanted to please him, and he obviously did not want to please her, i.e. she did not enjoy it at all. So, um, now would be a time where she would have, I, I, I guess, she would develop an unhealthy relationship with sex that is very normal, um... When I've had conversations with girls my age, when I was a younger teenager and an older teenager, when I became a young adult, they all said I would have rather waited or I wish that we had known exactly what to do and how to do it to where neither one of us got hurt. One thing was certain. Being bad was easier than I ever realized. Even though she says this, I honestly don't think that she has any pleasure in being bad. She just figures that it's easier than dealing with the harder stuff in her life. At least that's what I can gather. I had always thought M was lucky or her parents were stupid or uncaring. The reality was that anything could happen and anyone could do it. And this is very true. I was told because I wasn't going to high school parties, college parties, that I was a good girl. And um, there were certain people within my mother's ear and they were like, you know, if she really wanted to do something bad, she could do it without you knowing. And she could do it and then be in church Sundays, sitting at the front of the church in the first row, clapping and sing singing along while still doing messed up stuff and being what older women would say out there, loose 
or in that way. Over the next two weeks, I kept the cell on vibrate and Mark texted, love you, Mark, or text me, tell me everything you are doing. I hate having you out of my sight. Make me a word picture. Whenever I went to do laundry, we talked. Your dad is watching us like a hawk. I couldn't talk to you at all today, Mark said, when he called at 2 in the morning. I know, I have blisters from scraping the paint off the house. I told dad tonight that I either need to register for school or he needs to let me set up homeschooling and study during the day. So we don't know what the dad is doing. The dad may be still looking for a job over the computer or he may be enjoying his cable that he bought with beer that he probably bought in an order to procrastinate and just hope that the problem would go away. And that is not beneficial to anyone, especially since he is supposed to be the head of the house. And this is just seemingly very selfish on the dad's part, especially since her mom already put in the work, got out there, and got a job. And she's a receptionist, so she'll be gone during the day. And she can't keep a close eye on her husband or her daughters. Yeah. This is too much work for you. It was fine to keep putting it off as long as we could and touch each other and touch each other. But now I'd rather know you're not breaking your back, even if it means I can only watch you through the windows. So this is called um, love bombing. Uh, usually if they were open with their relationship, if they were um, an official couple in the eyes of everyone, he would be giving her gifts, lavish gifts. He would be saying that she's, you know, beautiful and giving her compliments and doing all that he could for her. That's considered love bombing. And um, then when the abuse starts, i.e. the yelling and screaming, the bad temper for no reason at all, the controlling everything that she does without him, that type of abuse is, um, that's actually what's going to happen. And then they'll always look, the girls, I mean, the girls will always look to how it was before in the love bombing stage. Sometimes the love bombing stage will last longer um, than almost anything. So it would be quick abuse. And then, like say for instance, a week of just anger, mad and upset. But then after that, love bombing, gifts, Kisses, treats, you know, um, little messages that say I love you and I'm sorry. But when you are in a relationship with an abuser, 
They will give off a certain pattern if you're with them long enough. Some of them are very patient in the love bombing stage. Some of them are very violent in the abuse stage. And, you know, if you're a young girl, you don't know exactly what's happening and you just want everything to stop. And especially if no one has told you that this is the way that relationships can be. I know that for me, my mother taught me at a very young, early age, if you don't want to do something, don't do it. And if you want to do something that will please someone, be willing to make sure that they are willing to also please you. Because some people are not willing to make sure that the other person is going to give you that same reciprocity. They're not willing because if they find out that the relationship is one-sided, then they will force themselves into denial. That is something that could happen. And that's not what we're here for. We're not here to live in denial. We are here to live in the now. And, I mean, obviously... She's had some mistreatment by her parents, but I'm I'm just, I feel very strongly about who I share my body with, and I am, you know, just a little shaken up. I'm saddened that she shared her body with a man, like an actual adult man, who doesn't even care enough to make sure that her experience, her first time sexually, is a loving one. Because usually during the love bombing stage, they will make sure that pleasure is at an all-time high, um, that is sexually, that is socially, and emotionally. So that when they mentally start to put you through all kinds of loopholes and and just mess up your mental state, they have all of these other things to fall back on. But let's continue reading. I wish this was a camera phone so I could have a picture of you, I said. A snapshot of Mark appeared under my pillow the next night. This would be sweet if we did not know what he already was because we have been dissecting him and dissecting the relationships that Ames has has in her life all around. We are dissecting all of that as we are reading the book. That's what we've been doing for the past two months. I know it takes quite a long time. Um, to do all of that especially when I veer off and I rant a lot and I talk about my experiences and the experiences of people that I've known yes I do that a lot however it is to our benefit because we know exactly what Mark is he's an abuser but he is an attractive abuser to her he is the first actual um 
romantic relationship she's ever had. So he's her first. And um, when you have your first anything, it's a big deal. Like every life event, when it's your first this or that, it's a big deal or it should be a big deal or society or family, whomever will consider it a big deal, even if you do not. So yes, this, the snapshot under the pillow would be romantic. It would be sweet if we did not know what he was. And if we did not know the situation that Ames is currently stuck in because of her parents, um, failings as a parent to prepare her for life and I know that a lot of people may not want me to address that many would say oh they tried to raise her and they taught her as best as they could and you cannot fault them for teaching her the way that they knew and not blaming herself for the way that she came out talking about Ames. So um, accountability would be shifted onto the child who was becoming an adult or who is an adult and not the foundation that the parents set before them. As I said in episodes before, if they knew that this is where they came from and if they knew of struggle, why not introduce at least survival tactics or certain ways of living to prevent you from going into that struggle to help your children in the future? They never did that, at least from what we've read. So it's very, very, very important to remember that Like before we go off blaming the the child blaming Ames and also blaming Chrissy who would blame Chrissy she's a baby child she's a really small child but when we read the synopsis before we actually read the book we um read the intro to Dark Song you know the synopsis and the back of the book we learned about the author and everything on end about the the publishing company but one of the things that made Miss Giles actually um start writing is the fact that she kept seeing in the news that all of these young teenage girls and their boyfriends were in the news and they were doing horrible stuff they were robbing people they were doing all sorts of illegal bad like unacceptable behavior and later on in the book, Ames is going to have to make a decision between her family and Mark. And I'm only telling you this now so that you understand that um, whatever she chose, whatever consequences that she chose, it would have been, you know, um, well, whatever direction she would have told chose the consequences against her would be public shame no matter what so let's read on I snuck out nights to see him 
sometimes just for a few minutes, sometimes to go to his house for sex and then for the cuddling and the talk, and sometimes just for cuddling. <sighs> Once he showed me a documentary about, about a prison program uh, that worked with inmates training horses. They did that at Juvie too, Mark said, for us older inmates. <sighs> okay, so now that she knows that he was in juvenile hall, which is jail for teenagers, for kids, right then and there, if she doesn't find out what he was in for, she needs to leave. She needs to leave. It's the best option for her. And the best option is to stay away from him. That means she's probably going to have to start doing her own, um, like, defending against her parents. It might be harder, but getting into an emotional abusive and a sexually abusive relationship is not where she needs to be especially as a 15 year old I was gonna do it until they said that after we got the horse trained it was given away I know better than to say anything so she doesn't even have the the freedom to like express that she's uncomfortable or expressed that she is feeling betrayed and deceived because honestly she can't because he would get angry at her and she's probably somewhere alone with him and she probably still doesn't know her way around so she would be completely lost and she does have a program phone. She could call the police or her parents. <sighs> but she's choosing to stay in a place where she feels she's more secure, more than her family. When I have children, I'm hoping and praying that that never happens. Because <sighs> I want my children to be able to come to me and their father. I want um, my husband and I to be able to listen and understand that our children are growing and they are not going to be children to everyone. They're not going to be seen as children. When you see a child, you think usually from 14 and under because 15, 16, 17, 18 to 19 when they dress a certain way or if puberty has hit them in you know such a way sometimes they rarely even look like children they look like like full-blown adults I have actually been in school with um, quite a few of these people there um, is a youtuber and she has a um, a channel where she talks about quite a few things but um she said her name is Ada on demand Ada A-D-A on demand and she expressed it was her or Shanna Spear 
I think it was either one of the two. And she was asking why did all of the high school students look as if they were adults. And I can say that for, I would say, 25% of the overall population of our student body in both of the high schools that I went to, about 25% of them look like grown adults. And yes, a lot of times those people were actually the popular people because they had the nice clothes, they had the resources, they had jobs, things like that. So even though um, TV and movies usually follow that trope, honestly, they are not far off. They're not far from wrong. I'm just saying. I told them to forget it. Once I make something mine, nobody takes it away from me. Nobody. This is Mark talking. I wouldn't want to break a horse anyway, I said. It seems cruel. <clears throat> you don't break them, Mark said. That's the old way. Now you gentle them. Works a lot better. So, um, breaking a horse is usually the rough tough um like whip them wrangle them you know strangle them into submission um the gentling thing i i've never seen it i've seen in some movies um that they're actually uh you know taking time sometimes months at a time to build a relationship with the horse. And, um, I mean, like, honestly, when you build a relationship with anything, you have to realize that sometimes, sometimes you're going to have to compromise. And that's with televisions. That's over, like, it's with inanimate objects. And it's also with, actual living creatures and human beings because it's a relationship not an ownership and he's basically talking about ownership nobody takes anything away from him that's ownership so he said once he makes something his and that also means if the person or that horse or whatever doesn't want to be his and he makes it his anyway, it's forcible anyway. But this tactic that he's using, gentling the horse, it's way, way, way more sinister. What did it matter? In the end, the horse still didn't have a choice. Which is different because um, I know that this tactic seems much, very much to me as if they are building a relationship with the horse. As, you know, Ames is the horse in this situation. Um, through, her through her thought process, she's saying, what does it matter? I still don't have a choice. Like, even though she's talking in terms of the horse and the way that Mark wants to handle and own the horse, 
she subconsciously probably realizes that it's her. I sighed and leaned against his chest. Mark tightened his arm around me. On another night, his dad was home, so we were curled up and uh, curled up together in his truck. Tell me about it, I said. Why you're here? How they hurt you so much? Talking about his, um, his mom and stepdad, I think. You know most of it, Mark said. I shrugged in his arms. I know isolated facts. Dad bailed. I don't know. I took that personally. I felt like he left me, didn't want me. It was like someone took away my anchor. Hmm. You know, this would be a nice spot to put the anchor promotion, but I'm not going to do it. Um, okay. So it must, okay, so it must have been his dad. I don't know. I think he, it was a problem with the parents. They did not work it out. And he suffered for it, basically. So let's see. I took his hand and laced my fingers through it. I did stupid stuff, getting attention, skipping school, shoplifting, named some random kid kind of destructiveness, and I probably did it. Nobody noticed or cared. Mom was worried about paying bills and the younger kids. The same, this seems very much like a male version of Ames's life right now. So let's read on. Dad had checked out and wasn't checking back in. He sighed, raked his fingers through his hair. So I went big and boosted a car, got caught. I thought dad would come and rescue me and mom would cry and he stopped. They didn't even get me a real lawyer, public defender. They turned their backs on me, abandoned me. That's horrible. I hate them both, Mark said. His voice wasn't angry. It was cold, unflinching. I had thought that he was more dangerous than his gun. I pushed that away. We had a pact. He was just a hurt boy. <sighs> okay. Um, we're at almost 30 minutes. Well, no, we've passed 30 minutes when I put the other subjects in. Well, not the other subjects, but the other parts of the episode. And, um, let me see. Okay, that's the end of that chapter. Um, okay. So, I understand that hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. It's true. It really is. But, um... This hurt that he's feeling is detrimental to other people. And he, as an adult, isn't getting any help. He isn't seeking any help. Um, so, I mean, I just don't know. I don't know. It seems like he's seeking help in the form of women. And then in the form of younger girls. Maybe the girls from before who were... Um, 16 and 15, maybe those girls also had some type of lifestyle close to his and they bonded over that 
and it just became a relationship of two tumultuous people and tumultuous people well no I'm not gonna say that it became a relationship that was not healthy for either one the only difference is as those other two girls got out um Ames is in a bit too deep, I'm guessing. I mean, it's just scary all around. And I have a rule. I, I have a rule with dating, even though I haven't dated much. Um, as I'm getting older, because honestly, the dating scene now it's it's not good it's not good there are so many people who want to smoke marijuana and drink and things like that like they do it right after work in the parking lot I mean like wow no that should not be a thing that you want to do but you know you're an adult you do you but I don't want to be in it so, basically, those are the type of people that I'm around for right now. And it depends on where your dating, where your dating circle lies. So, if you are mostly dating work friends or friends of other friends, I would say you would have to vet them heavily and especially if it were a stranger. A stranger I would be a little bit more forgiving but sometimes you have certain friends who are like oh my god you guys would be perfect for one another but then you know you probably don't feel that way and your friend who is supposed to be wanting the best for you actually sort of kind of forces you into a relationship that they think is good for you and even though it makes you uncomfortable they don't seem to care so that's what I mean when I say you know like I I would be more forgiving of a stranger than you know than what my friends would pick <laughs> but a rule of thumb in my vetting process I most definitely, I, I ask them about, you know, uh, their home life. I do because if it starts to get serious, sadly, within, I would say, about three weeks of dating, like, there are going to be men that expect sex. Women, too, but I mean, like, sometimes even, like, after the third date or whatever. So they try to get as many dates in within the first like month. So that I can be like, oh, well, I know you so well. And we've gotten to know each other. And, you know, I mean, so one of, one of the things is before that three week period, I ask all of the questions. We are just friends until I want to become something more. And sometimes it's, it's hard. It's harsh because I'll tell you one of the things that makes you an instant friend or associate, um, not 
like a boyfriend or anything to me. Like you instantly become just a friend when you don't want to pay for dinner. Um, this is like if you invite me, if I invite you, I expect myself to be able to pay for whatever it is that you, um, that you got. I also expect that if I tell you that I'm not comfortable with something and you immediately want to help me face my fears with like making me do something that you know that I'm uncomfortable with i.e. like skydiving or something although it is very exhilarating to those who want to try it it is it's terrifying for me I tell you that I'm not comfortable with PDA and yet you want to like even if there's no one around still you want to try to kiss me in public against my will that's a big turn off you know you you become just a friend when you um when you expect me to maybe after two months and like introduce you to my whole family no 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 you're just a friend you're still just a friend I mean, I know you may think that that's normal or whatever, or you may want to be super serious, but if I tell you that I'm not ready to be serious and you want to be super serious and you don't care what I say, then no. If I am, um, I would say, if I am trying to explain something to you, and you you continue to cut me off and then i ask you you know like about manners that's a that's a little game i play like hey what would you do if this and that and that happened and if i see by that small game that is literally geared for um it's a game that we played a lot in uh fifth grade to like seventh grade or whatever and um when I, we got to high school I'm saying most of the girls that I grew up with when we got to high school we used that to vet what kind of guys they actually were because we're like hey well what would you do if this and that and they're like oh well I don't like your thought process I don't like the way you view certain things by how you answered that question maybe they're bad at taking tests or whatever but literally asking questions being inquisitive but not too inquisitive knowing when to go in between those balances to make sure that you aren't exposing yourself to someone who will literally waste your time and allowed herself to be exposed to a person who um, is no good for her. He's detrimental to her health. He honestly is. And like right about now, her family is also detrimental to her health. But the thing is, is that I would say family is hard to get rid of. But then again, they're not. But
she can't just pick up and leave. She doesn't have a job, so she doesn't have any real hard work experience. She could get hired, but who's going to hire an unexperienced person who, you know, has a sort of, like, complex? I mean, she she doesn't have, like, a, oh, you're poor type of complex, but she has one of, ugh, I really don't want to do all of that, but I'll do it. Some people, even voicing that truth, some people don't like people like that. And, you know, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of things. So, um, we're going to go ahead and read the next chapter. Um, but I'm going to cut this episode short because <clears throat> this is over 30 minutes. I thought it would be quick, but it wasn't. I'm sorry for that. Um, I'll read the second episode in just a little bit and I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the rest of your day and the episode will be posted, uh, let me see, later on this afternoon. Okay? Have the best of days. Have the worst of days. Live life. But appreciate it. Every part of it, appreciate every part of your life. That's important.